Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. We can choose to be joyful. I say it on stage all the time. For the next six minutes, I'm going to challenge you to decide right now to leave everything behind and just go for it. Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome to Changes. I am Annie McManus. It's so great to be back with you at the beginning of 2024. The beginning of a year is always such a big time for change. And we've got some incredible guests lined up to kickstart 2024. I wanted to start the year with a real kind of commitment to positivity. The world is terrifying, overwhelming, scary, horrific at times. And I think sometimes you have to work at making life and your experience of living feel good. Sometimes it's hard work. And I thought we could dedicate this entire month to learning about that work. So we're going to speak about joy for the month of January. It's joy month. January is joy month. We are embarking on a journey of learning, speaking to some amazing people to find out what changes have brought more joy to their lives and what tools we can use to cultivate more joy in our lives. My guest this week radiates joy through everything he does. Femi Colioso is the dynamic band leader and drummer of the incredible Mercury Prize award-winning group Ezra Collective. Their debut album was called You Can't Steal My Joy and they made history last year as the first ever jazz act to win the Mercury Prize with their second album Where I'm Meant to Be. Femi also drums with the band Gorillaz and Georgia Smith. Um, he's also a broadcaster. I've been loving his stints on BBC Six Music recently and he's known for his youth and his community work as well. He is on a mission to bring joy to all through music. Stepping onto the stage during Ezra Collective's recent and widely raved about performance at the Royal Avra Hall, Femi called out, we're about to turn this room into the most joy-filled place. Femi, welcome to Changes. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's a real honour. Everything you put out into the world feels consciously like you are trying to access joy or allow other people to access joy. What does joy mean to you? Yeah, man, no, 100%. I think, I think for me, joy is, it's tied into your soul and it is, it's almost like your soul's way of getting through another day. It's very disconnected to the word happiness and it's very disconnected to the word sadness. Those are like very much temperamental things in my life. Sometimes yeah. I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad. But yeah. my joy is something that's kind of in my soul that is consistent. It's like the thing about me that is always like we're going for another day. So the things that make me joyful, sometimes it's as simple as, oh my days, I've woken up again. This is like the 29th year in a row this has happened. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm joyful about that. They're the things that are like, it's within me. Whether I'm happy or sad is kind of subject dependent. Right now in London, it's sunny and I'm happy right now. 
two days ago, Arsenal lost to Aston Villa. Wasn't happy. <laughs> but that didn't affect my joy. My joy kind of comes from something more substantial than that. Right. So the joy is kind of in, in, in your heart for you. It's yeah, part man. of how you experience life all the time. hundred percent. I'd even mm. go further and say, I think everyone has it in them. Do you think you're born with it? Yeah. I think it's part of what we all have. I think when we mm. talk about people's souls, like that for me is it's tied into the capacity to experience joy. It's something yeah. we all have similar to the capacity we all have to experience heartbreak. Sometimes it's just a bit easier for some people and harder for some people. Some people are broken hearted every time they watch the news. Some people it takes a little bit, something a bit more close to home to break their heart. Yeah. And I feel like similarly, some people maybe like myself, I find joy quite easily in my soul. Some people mm. might have to dig a little bit deeper, but I think we've all got the capacity for it. Yeah. I, I saw a gorgeous quote from you saying, um, I came out buzzing. <laughs> which I loved um, what have you learned about yourself with regards to how you carry joy do you feel like you are different to people in that yeah. way um, I think one of the small differences maybe that I have is I think I've got an ability to make other people feel joy with me I could probably convince you to like a film you don't really like because right. I'll just be like wait for this scene just wait for this scene just wait for this scene and then it comes <laughs> and I'll scream for you and make it happen do you know what I'm saying so I feel like that might be like a little bit of a difference it might be why being on stage it comes quite naturally to me to command the room into being like I want you all to feel how I feel right now I get excited at the task of getting someone else to experience that with me so that you're getting joy from giving joy. Yeah, and it all becomes a big circle. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like doing every Ezra Collective gig in the year. But yeah. when I get on stage and I see like, it might be a hundred people looking at me, eager to have a little bit of a bounce and a dance. That's what gets me. I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when you play with Ezra Collective, what is it that you're trying to do with the room? How do you want people to feel or to change when ah, they watch your that's band? That's a great question. I think I want... I want people to forget about the realities of their own lives for yeah. the next 90 minutes or 60 minutes. I want people to, regardless of what you've come into the room with, maybe you won the lottery this morning. Maybe you don't have a penny to your name. Maybe you're here with your entire family. Maybe someone really close to you just passed away. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, up or down, I try and create an atmosphere where you can leave that at the door because I really believe in the beautiful nature that music can kind of transport you into a different place. And once I feel like people can be transported into the room, into that space, into that moment, then I'm just trying to, them, to get them to channel the emotion of joy because I do feel like if they channel the emotion of joy in a deep way and as a collective gig, yeah. Whatever circumstance they left the house with, they'll go back to it, finding it ever so slightly easier. Can I ask about music? This is something that I'm I'm always so interested in and I haven't ever really been able to get to the bottom of. And I don't think it's possible, actually, to get to the bottom of the kind of existential question about music and the existence of music and why we as a species are given the gift of music. It's so deep. It's something that you can't really describe with words. Yeah. The power of music. Why do you think we have it? It's such a deep like topic. I, I know, think, sorry. No, no, I'm here for it, man. That's what <laughs> Monday mornings are for. But like, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I could only answer that 
by saying at the forefront, I believe in God. Yeah. And I believe we are creatively and lovingly designed. And I'm here for anyone that believes something differently. But for me, if you look at it from the perspective of we were designed and purposely and wonderfully made, inside that design is a soul that has the ability to react to other human beings' souls. And I feel like music taps into that. I don't believe our legs were just designed for walking and hunting. I think they were designed for dancing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, yes! <laughs> I don't believe our lips are this shape just so that we can eat our food properly. I believe they're for playing the trumpet. I don't believe like our fingers are these shapes just for the chance of being able to like cut pieces of fruit. I think they were made like this to play the piano. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like for me, God built and designed us in a way so that we can communicate joy and soul and sorrow and peace and hope, all of these different things through the medium of music. Do you hear, do you hear what I'm saying? So hence why whether you believe in God or not, you can hear a song that was written about God and you can kind of hear, it's not just five instruments on that Kirk Franklin track, there's something else. There was something else going on when John Coltrane was playing that saxophone. I think all of that taps into what we as humans were designed for by God and then it kind of gets breathed out with music. I love the idea of it being a connection tool. Like if human beings are going to exist and survive and be sustainable as a race, they need to understand each other. And yeah, to understand uh, each other, you need to connect. And to connect, you need a language beyond words. That's the thing, beyond words. It's just so powerful that I don't need to speak your language to, to get a reaction out of you. Right. Because languages in the core, core foundation of it are not that important. Mm. I wouldn't say to someone they are less eloquent than me just because they can't speak. They might have a disability that stops them speaking, but I still feel like there's communication to be had. Yeah. Anyone that's ever worked in a school like I have back, like when I was a bit younger, I worked in a school for for children that had some like learning difficulties and a lot of them were nonverbal, but Lord knows we could communicate. I just needed a drum for a bit. There must be something gorgeous about being able to sit down at your drums and have anyone from anywhere in the world come in and play and jam with you and to be able to speak and understand each other through the language of music. It must give you a deeper level of what communication can be. Yeah, man. The closest thing to a non-musician is the feeling of dancing with a stranger. Okay. It's just yes. so powerful. Yes. It's just like, yes. do you know that feeling of like dancing with your best mates? And then some oh, other people come and join you to dance. So everyone can access that. That's 100%, nice. For people 100%. listening, you can access that, that language. Yeah, yeah. if that. you want to know what it's like to be in a band, just go to a club and dance with a stranger, man. And it's a similar feeling. Well, it is for me anyway. That's how I prepare for Ezra shows. I go and watch other people and dance. And whatever mm. people make me feel positively in the audience, that's my next task on the stage is to make people feel that same thing. You know, I watched Karangbin one one year. I was so excited when they came out, and really early on in the stage, they in the in the show they encouraged people to talk to each other. Hmm. So they're like, you know, make a friend, say say hello to someone, make a friend. And I just thought to myself, 
I love this. Like four people introduced themselves to me and I was like, hey, I'm Femi. And they were like, oh, cool, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and yeah. I just thought to myself, every Ezra Collective show from this point on, I'm going to give everyone the opportunity to make some friends. Do you know what that reminds me of? Church. Exactly. They do when it every morning. When I used morning. to go to church as a kid <laughs> and you used to have to be, you have to turn around and shake turn people's around, hands. To, but... My church still does it. Turn, turn yeah. around and, and shake five people's hands in it. Those moments is ends up how I build gigs and stuff. It's just trying to recreate yeah. those moments for people. Yeah, again, just remembering what you guys do and thinking about it before this interview. One thing occurred to me, which is like the way that Ezra Collective exists as a band, you have a lot of different types of music that you bring together, whether it be salsa or Afrobeat or dub or hip hop or jazz, obviously. And you kind of alchemize these different genres into something new. And it feels like you do the same with people. So like, you have different people, disparate people from different communities, different you know parts of society, all coming together. So at the root of what you do, feels it's like just connection. It's yeah. just bringing people, bringing sounds together, bringing people together. It's just that's how you get the best of the world. I think. I think diversity is the most beautiful thing we have. I've grown up in London. I live in London. All I know is London. We we are experts at this. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking when people try and demonise it because I just see it as the most beautiful thing ever. Something so dark like colonialism or slave trade, the one small beautiful thing we get out of those things, and I wish it didn't have to be in this direction, but sometimes you get this mix of cultures and you get a new thing that is just so special and beautiful. That's what music's about, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you bring like the Negro spiritual music of gospel singing and you mix it with the blues music and you mix it with some Western classical harmony and some yeah. African drumming, bang, jazz. Do you know what I'm saying, fam? <laughs> and like, that's just sick. So it's like, I'm always trying to do that with music. Like, that's the magic of like, I don't really care about the Olympics. Like, let's be real. Like, it's cool, but it's just running in a straight line and throwing, <laughs> throwing and jumping. It's not, it's not that big a deal to me. But like, to just be able to see like, an Indian and a Greek person and a Turkish yeah. person and a Nigerian person and an Australian person and an American. It's yeah. just like, it blows my mind. It's like, wow, look at that. Yeah. And they all, <laughs> my favorite part of the Olympics is when they're all like doing the opening ceremony, waving at people. Yeah. When they start running around, I'm kind of done. But that part <laughs> is like everything. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's speak about then um, what kind of house was it that you grew up in and what influence did your mum and dad have on you when you were a child and also now? Do you have siblings? I've got one younger brother. Cool. TJ Colioso, who's the bass player in Ezra. Oh, he's also in the Yeah, band, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I say I've got one younger brother. I, was, I lived in an open house in Enfield. So Enfield, North London, my house is very much you could interview 30 people and they would make reference to my house being their second home. Right. So if if you were my friend in school, you needed somewhere to go after school, come to Femme's. After church, where was everyone going? Back to Femi's house. Mum would always make like triple portion of rice because she knew some kid from Enfield was going to end up in the house. On Christmas day, I would meet people for the first time. Dad would just be like, yo, guys, meet. What's your name again? Cool. Meet, blah, blah, blah. And he, he, he would have been out on Christmas Eve and found out someone was going to be alone. They end up in our house on Christmas Day. 
that's the home I grew up in. It brings a little bit of context to the music I write and the way I think and act. It was yeah. just an open house. It was a house filled with love and joy. The amount of people that saw our house as like their home. Do you know what I'm saying? We're all types of people, which is funny because now I have my own house and there's just always people here. I just think to kind of concisely put it, my parents love people and are generous. And I think they just installed that into me and my brother. I think the first time I had a culture clash really in my life was going to uni when that wasn't really how everyone thought. I remember thinking it was so weird. Like someone would be 20 pound down for their rent. And I had just done a gig that paid me 30 pounds. I'm like, yo, take the 20, man. We're good. And people were so like, that's so weird. And I was kind of like, the weirder thing would let you be in trouble. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. I didn't even know you can make rice for one. I didn't know that was possible until I got to uni. And I was like, where's the rest? Mm. And then I was thinking, oh, you just made it for yourself. But what if I was hungry? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I just grew up in that kind of an environment of just give, 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 give. Mm. Tell me about what you would say is your biggest childhood change. I think it was becoming a Christian. Yeah, and when was that? So I think I first became a Christian very young when I was like five or six. I remember it because it's such a weird story, but I saw someone vomiting a lot and it really scared me and my brother because I think it was the first time I'd ever come in contact with, I thought the guy was going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's scary like, if you don't know what it if is. If you don't yeah. know what it is, I was like, this guy's, yeah. he ain't got long at all. Like, he's yeah. throwing up. Yeah. I think I came into contact with the fear of death and yeah. I spoke to my dad about it. And he was kind of like, well, I'm a Christian and the reason we go to church, and he kind of, in kind of like my first explanation of the Bible, kind of yeah. said to me, you know, you don't have to be scared of death because when you're a Christian and you die, you go to heaven and it's even better than earth kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, yo, yeah. sign me up now. <laughs> Sold. Like, deal done. We're good. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need to hear any more. I'm good. Yeah. But I would yeah. say the biggest change of my life is that because I feel like it's the biggest part of my identity before yeah. being a Londoner, before being black Nigerian, before being yeah. a musician, I think Christian it's like the thing that would most eloquently describe who I am. Do you know what I'm saying? Is there a link between faith and joy? I would say so. For me, mm. my joy comes from my faith in God. For me, there's a there's a serious, a deep link because joy, so much of joy is about the peace and not knowing what tomorrow is. Right. I think like the obsession with perfection and, and control. control is like the opposite to faith. And I yeah. feel like that obsession can be a stealer of joy. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know how t- the rest of the day is going to go today. All I can control is is what's happening right now. I'm talking mm. to you and I'm just going to take this moment for all that it is and keep it moving. That's one way of, of looking at it. And that to me is... That's the element of faith that allows me to have joy. If I get obsessed with what tomorrow might hold, I feel like it will steal that joy away from me. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Just thinking of those people listening who are wanting to access more joy in their lives. I wonder, can we talk through some things that you do, that you practice in your life that give you joy? Yeah, that man. consistently bring you that feeling of joy? Uh, yeah, immediately. The first thing that comes to mind is if I'm ever feeling low on batteries, low on joy, low on yeah. that feeling... I, I find ways of reminding myself who I was when I was a kid. And the best way I find to do that is going into schools or going meeting with young people and interacting with their spark for life. And that yeah. ends up energizing me. So wow. a lot of the times on tour, like we just did Australia. I probably went into like three or four colleges and secondary schools yeah. and like, you know, the 60 minutes I had with the kids in Adelaide was like so powerful. I got to talk to them and hear what their dreams in music are. And yesterday, the kids in my youth group had their Christmas service and they made like a nativity video for themselves and they organized a little choir. 16 little black kids from North London singing in a choir let's be honest, it's not going to be released on a record anytime soon, but it gave me everything. That's all I needed. Do you know what I'm saying? What is it about kids and being around kids that helps you access joy? What, what is it? I think it just reminds you of your most innocent, authentic self. Is there something about wonder as well? It's, I always think of that word. Yeah, wonder. it's wonder. It's hope. It's hope. It's yeah. ignorance. There's something so beautiful about the ignorance of children. Yeah. yeah, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember one of the most heartbreaking drum lessons I've ever had was I asked this eight-year-old boy, what do you want to be when you're older? And he said he wanted to be an accountant. I was just like, what? How have you, lo have you, what, where's the astronaut? Where's the like spaceman or like, where's the, where's yeah. the like tennis player? Or in the morning you want to be a football player, in the afternoon you want to be a spy. Like, that's what I was looking for. And this kid said accountant. I was like, oh my gosh, how have you lost your wonder, your right. ignorance at that point? Do you know what I'm saying? And he's probably going to go on to be a great accountant. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I think it's children remind you of really the core of what's important. Like, I absolutely love it when I tell like a young, a young girl in my youth club or a young boy, like concentrate. And they, you've got about eight more seconds of concentration before they're off again, talking to one yeah. of their mates or yeah, all yeah. they want to talk about is football. And I'm like, we need to finish your homework. 
they're like, yeah. yeah, but did you see the goal? And I'm like, I did see the goal. It's killing, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like that. And I feel like adults lose that wonder. They lose yeah. that joy. The, the harsh realities of life begin to kill that in them. And you need to chat to kids to get it back sometimes. Mm. Especially being a musician, they'd be like, my dream, my dream is to play in like at Glastonbury. And I'm like, wow, what a dream to have. That was my dream as well. When you get the Glastonbury booking, you don't want to like be like, oh man, I wanted to play at 7 p.m., not 8 p.m. or where, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I wish I was on this stage, not that stage. Yeah. Go and chat to that kid again and remind yourself what the actual dream was. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. I love it when kids see my drum kits. When they walk up to my drum kit and they're like, oh, wow, you've got this snare drum. You've got these drumsticks. Because sometimes I run the risk of not even caring anymore because I've had it for so long. Okay, so kids, that's great. I love that. What else? What about gratitude? Gra- gratitude is a big one. Like, I, I always make reference to waking up and I'm breathing and feeling good. Mm. It's a blessing. You know, all the things that you can complain about, you can also find a way of being grateful about, even down to the very darkest things. Like the very darkest things, like goodness me, look at the war that's going on in the world. The gratitude point part of that coin. I can leave this house, I'm not gonna be scared of being shot. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like, even though it's dark, there's a place of gratitude you can find. And even like, it's like, goodness me look at all of this traffic and it's like everyone hates traffic but at the same time traffic sometimes represents an economy that means we haven't got starvation everywhere because people can afford cars do you hear what i'm saying yeah there's a way of just switching and balancing and you have to switch it's not every day and it's a choice it's a choice it's a choice choice. it is a choice and I, i think this is why you can't steal my joy came out as a sentence because we started to get really deep into the we can choose to be joyful. Yeah. I say it on stage all the time. For the next six minutes, I'm going to challenge you to decide right now to leave everything behind and just go for it. I would yeah. say that because you can choose to be grateful about things. I can also choose to be gutted about everything. Yeah. I can choose to be like, I got another yellow ticket on Saturday. That could be the narrative of, yellow, of Saturday. Someone told yeah. me I could park there. I parked there. Got a ticket. I'm choosing to talk more about, I got cocoa for the day. Cocoa, by the way, for anyone listening, is a, a very prestigious, gorgeous venue in Camden. Yeah. 15, yeah, lovely venue. It's yeah. the kind of venue where you wouldn't even dream of asking them, can you just mess about yeah. with your mates in there? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not yeah. someone's living room. And yeah. still they went for it. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so gratitude. And I think, again, for those... For those listening, it's it's really good. Like I want people to walk away from this conversation feeling like there's there's things they can do. Yeah, there's man. things they can do so easily today mm-hmm. that will change their outlook and bring them more joy. Um, I wanted to ask about discipline as well because I've heard you talking about that with regards to that being a way to bring you joy. Yeah, man. Like so, I would argue I'm quite a disciplined person because yeah. I believe discipline allows for freedom. So the best example would be, if I'm disciplined with the way I practice the drums, I can dance around and have a good time on stage because I know what I'm doing. And I feel like I kind of apply that to almost every aspect of my life. If I'm disciplined to a degree of what I eat, then it means that I'm gonna wake up feeling 
well as opposed to ill. If I'm disciplined with how much I drink, I'm going to wake up feeling better as opposed to feeling sure. horrible. These are all decisions yeah. that I get to make all the time. One of the biggest disciplines in my life is my sleeping. Mm. Like, it's so weird how neglected that health hack is. Yeah. It's like, fam, if it's 10 p.m., bruv, the day is done. Like, the day is done. There's nothing more to achieve. I'm not, like, it's 10 p.m. Like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> you, and, you and me are on such the same tip at the moment. Oh, I am 100%. So, I've started an entire new club night just so I can go to bed. I saw early. it. And I'm going to come one day because it was like, <laughs> someone's come. on the same page, bruv. <laughs> like, yeah, someone invited me to something the other day. I was like, yeah, man, I'm done. What time What time does it start? They were like, oh, we'll get there around 11, 30, 12. I said, big man, <laughs> them days are long gone. Like, I I was almost offended. Like, why did you think I would sign up? Like, I was on a 6 p.m. type energy. What do you mean, 11, 30, bro? <laughs> like. I know. When, whenever you want to meet someone for dinner, and they're like, right, nine o'clock. No, like, no, 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 no. We meet at dinner time. Yeah. Then it's six or, o'clock. Or I'll say, we can we can meet up at nine o'clock, but by 9.20, I need to be organized to get home. Cause so, <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Choose your starter fast, because... <laughs> But you know what? It's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people put those two things together. Discipline and joy and and how what some people would see as restricting yourself from things actually gives you freedom. A hundred percent. And you know the first place I learned that, Femi, which is so mad. Yeah. I used to smoke cigarettes. Right. And I read a book by Alan Carr. It's a really famous yeah, yeah, yeah. book. This guy, Alan Carr, who, who wrote a book about how to stop smoking. And his whole thing is that you are you you look you're looking at stopping smoking as if you are you are you know restricting yourself from something that is giving you pleasure right where in fact by stopping smoking you are freeing yourself yeah. from a toxic thing that is going to kill you and it's like if you it, it's just so you just switch yeah you switch your outlook completely you are not sacrificing anything you are you know and it's like oh yeah and it, it's so interesting it wasn't anything about trying to cut down or doing different things or nicotine patches. It was like, change the way you think about what this is. That's that's exactly how I think. Like, I think it's a curse if you have to spend the afternoon looking for drugs. Yeah. That, to me, is the restriction. I'm the free one. Yeah. I don't want them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can yeah, spend yeah, yeah, the yeah. afternoon doing whatever I want. I could join yeah. you and look for the drugs too, even if I wanted to. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so for me, it's like, discipline allows freedom. It's like, I always talk about... I practiced so much when I was a kid. Practiced the drums yeah. so much. When I'm on stage and dancing around and having a good time, it's because like every single note has been rehearsed. And yeah. it's like, I'm so disciplined about going to bed at a good time that when I don't have the luxury of controlling when I go to bed, I've got it in me. I'm going to be okay. I've slept yeah. well six days in a row. This gig is not going to destroy me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gratitude is a big one. Discipline is a big one. Giving yeah. back is is just a huge one for me. Huge. Because it's yeah. just like, these are the things that charge me up and keep me happy. And mm. just, I think also just a blissful ignorance to life, I think is, is important. That's really interesting. And, you know, we you'd, you mentioned the news and what's in the news and how, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this whole month on joy because not to try and ignore the fact that the news is happening, yeah. but just to just to remember that you have a responsibility to try and make the most out of the life that you have while you have it. 
So with regards to the blissful ignorance, can you touch a bit more on that, I suppose? Yeah, 100%. So I'm one of the types of people, my disposition naturally is to be obsessed with the news. Yes. I spend all day reading it, if I could. But I, I choose not to, and I control how much I digest. I control very, very strictly the platforms and the places I choose to discuss and con- converse about the certain types of things. Yes. Like one of the big decisions I made a long time ago was Twitter is not a place for certain types of conversations. For me, for me. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the most important parts of that sentence is, is for me. So it's kind of like some people feel differently and that's totally fine. But when I look at the reason social media exists, the original reason for it, Facebook was made in a university for people to just have fun and and yeah, hang and out. To connect. And that yes. is basically what I use my Instagram and my Twitter for. Some people use it differently and that's totally fine. But for me, I had to control that because I get obsessed with it. And I'm the type of person that could be knees deep into a debate with someone I've never even met trying to convince them of something they have no interest it's funny like uh an ex-footballer i won't even name but an ex-footballer wrote some things about females and women in sport that i found really really backwards and and Mm. like i really disagreed with it i had a decision i could have fought what he was saying on on twitter you know i mean i'm probably at a point where if i'd really attacked him it probably would have got quite a bit of attention yeah. But I actually made the decision just to block and mute him. He will never know that I even exist. That's the blissful ignorance I have. But yeah. then Lord knows, next time I'm at a youth club and they bring up women in football, that's where I'll decide to tackle what I think about that type of a thing. Do you hear yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually acting on it in a way that you actually have agency on. This is what so, I'm saying, because yeah. I just don't have control over how people interpret what right. I'm saying. So I'm very mm. much team affect change in what you can control don't kill yourself over the things you can't control i see a lot of it in social media you know don't look away don't look away and of course you know you don't want to look away you don't want you know you need to you need to be aware of what's happening in the world and do everything you can and donate and all of that Mm -hmm. but at some point you are you are helpless to what is going on and i have personally found in the last few weeks especially that the only thing that's made me feel better and feel like I'm actually of use is by putting all the frustrations I have about not being able to do anything with regards to the war and horror in the world into stuff that I can do. This is this is what I'm saying. And this is the beauty. Some people's calling is to tackle it head on on social media. Yes. Some people's yes. calling isn't. This is why I think it can be a dangerous narrative when they say things like silence is compliance. In some ways, there's truth to that statement. Silence can be compliance if you see injustice and you don't speak out. But the problem is, a lot of the times, silence is compliance, but you're only listening in one specific type of way. Exactly. So you're not. You're not. So, actually... so you mean silence on Twitter? That's is what compli- you mean. You don't. But what mean about silence? silence that, what about silence in the youth club? Exactly. That you go and... it's there's like, the problem. Where, isn't it? where were you yesterday afternoon when I was with those three hundred kids? But yeah. you're you're only making reference to a one form of silence. And yes. then sometimes you have to look at someone's Twitter and be like, okay, he's only spoken about drumming and football for the last eight years. 
either those are the only two things I care about or maybe there are things I care about that I don't use Twitter for. Yeah, maybe that's a conscious decision. Maybe intentional decision, I enjoy yeah. football fighting on Twitter because yeah. at the core of it, Arsenal doesn't really matter. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? It matters to me, but let's be honest. If Arsenal just decided uh, we're closing up shop tomorrow, do you know what I mean? I'd be upset for a while, but I mean, life they should goes at on. least wait until the end of the league because well, they're going to do very well. Because it though. might be, the, well, this is the problem, Annie. This is where Shouldn't the hope, this stuff. is the hope that kills you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind that's of- That's also self-respect, a big I think. Part of, it's, so, it's knowing what you need to function the most as, 100%. as, as and your wellest. Yeah. To help as much people to kind of be the best that you can be is to know what your, your parameters are, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been so many- times people have basically asked me questions along the line of how can you go on stage and be joyful when all of these mad things are going on in the world and my answer tends to be well there's there's so many different answers to that one of which is there are a lot of things to be joyful in the world as much as there are a lot of things to be heartbroken about this is just 60 minutes to celebrate the joyful things in the world yeah the point i'm making is the people that need to fix these issues around the world, the people that are going to go on the front line, the people that are going to go into schools, into hospitals, they need that joy to get them through tomorrow. No one gains anything from everyone being depressed. The depressed person needs someone that isn't to help them out of it a lot of the times. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how I see these things. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm almost like the saddest place in the world is the place that needs the gig the most. Yes. And circling back to what you said at the very start of this conversation, which is it is possible to feel unhappy and to feel angry and frustrated, but also to have joy. A hundred percent. that can and should exist alongside. Yeah. And else. you shouldn't feel guilty about that. I, I see that increasing more and more people feeling guilty about being joyful. Yeah. And so then there's this kind of fake kind of let me make out like I have some sort of thing to be upset about because they want to empathize more deeply, but empathy doesn't mean you have to go through it in the same way. Yeah. Let's be real, man. I live in London. I'm a male. There are things that I probably will never, ever, ever be able to relate to. There is a time to be joyful and that joy will power you up to fight the things that are making your heart break. What about the things that can steal your joy? And I'm speaking specifically about comparison culture. And I think we're so fucked when it yeah. comes to that. Yeah. And I just wanted to, your take on that quickly. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's the statement in it. And it's the truth. Because the thing about comparison is it robs you of gratitude. Hmm. Because immediately it's like, well, look at, look at that person's garden. But you didn't have a garden before, bro. And I feel like, the way to kill the the evil of comparison in yourself is to go back to the word gratitude and you end up being grateful you've got something to aspire to. It's so natural, especially when you get compared with people, even outside of your own power. You'll read an yeah. article with yourself and they're comparing you against someone. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I've got to beat this person's record sales. But it's like, bro, yeah. let's be grateful. Let's look at chapter seven, the first record you ever put out. All of those records were in your mum's house because no one bought them. Now we're talking about record sales. Just be grateful that you can sell a record, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like when you go back in that journey, 
I, I can proudly say I really don't feel like I'm comparing myself to anyone or anything at the moment. I am so grateful for everything. I've got hope in the journey that, oh, if there's something I really think would be great, maybe it's just not my turn yet. Maybe yeah. one day it will be my turn. Do you hear what I'm saying? What about hope and joy, Femi, um, and the relationship between those two things? I think that joy brings hope. Yes. When you've got joy in your heart, suddenly tomorrow looks a bit, little bit brighter. That tomorrow is hope. So I want to end this conversation on a quote that I just loved of yours. A good bass line and a drum beat puts everyone on the same page. And when you've got everyone on the same page, you can achieve change. Yeah, man. I really think there's some truth in that. Because I think one of the biggest thieves of like joy in our society is we have so many prominent figures spouting this narrative that our differences are more significant than the things that make us the same. Our differences are important and they're to be celebrated, but the things that make us the same are more significant. And I think that music has this really powerful way of reminding us we're all the same. You see it every time you play like a Prince tune in a wedding. Oh, we're all the same. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Elton John did that to the UK and when he played at Glastonbury. I'm not like an Elton John fan. Like I don't have a single one of his records downstairs. But there was a couple tune when he played it. I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm here for it. Do you know what I mean? Before, Kylie, Kylie did the same thing at Glastonbury, yeah? When she performed at Glastonbury, again, I'm not like a Kylie fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love Neighbours, but like by way of the music, it didn't really like, it's not like, but when she started telling everyone to spin around in that, I was there, bruv. Like, and I just feel like music has a way of reminding us at the very core of who we are, we're all just the same. And I feel like when we have music in common, suddenly when we're on the same page, you can tackle the more important things in life. Like, do you know what would make the world way better? This is a thought I've just had, yeah? yeah. I don't really like anything about the government, let's say. But yeah. can you imagine if before Prime Minister's questions, they had a DJ in there for an hour <laughs> and just got everyone vibing on the same level? and then ask them to tackle the country's issues. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there will be a lot more peace. There will be a lot more togetherness. There will be a lot more agreement. There will be a lot more positive strategy, not just getting at each other. Cause it's just like, oh yeah, but we just kind of, we just kind of had a little dance together. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the-, the You're let's, so right. I'm so right, aren't You're I? So let's right. just talk about the economy for a bit. It will go better. <laughs> it will go better. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it'll fix everything, but it will go better. And so, it will go better. Yeah. And this is why music festivals have a place in society because it's a leveling out. It's a putting people on the same page for a bit. This yeah. is why clubbing is important. This is why gigging is important. This is why the pub down the road needs to stay alive. This is why I'm passionate about not just my own music, but just everyone's music getting played loud. Femi, what change do you still want to make in the world? Do you know what? Benjamin Zephaniah passed away recently yeah. and there was something so beautiful in his sad passing. The amount of people that said he came to my primary school and me too, he came to my primary school no way. and me and TJ remember it. And 
what a legacy to leave behind that he inspired so many people on a one-on-one personal basis. And so if there's a change that I want to make in the world, it is to meet as many people on a one-on-one personal basis and convince them that they have joy somewhere in their soul. They just need to dig a little bit to find it. If I can leave that legacy of change behind, then I I would have done my job. Do you know what I mean? Femi, thank you. Oh, thank you so for much having me on man. behalf of all the listeners of Changes who I guarantee are going to go fucking skipping into their day now oh beautiful man and anyone listening go and cop your Ezra Collective albums go and listen to them you've also got an amazing playlist an Ezra Collective curated playlist on Spotify which which I love thank you so much honestly I'm, I'm such a fan oh man appreciate it um, likewise well thank you for doing this man thank you so much Femi come on such a joyous episode. I have to say I was buzzing after that conversation with Femi. I had to email him like later on in the week and just say like, wow, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I took so much from it and have acted upon a lot of what we were talking about. And it just feels so good to feel like you have some control and some agency over bringing joy into your life and kind of sustaining it in your life. I really hope that you feel the same and you got something from that episode. Please share it. Share it with anyone you know who you think would be uplifted by it or inspired by it. And share it on social media. We just appreciate any of that. And do, if you haven't already, subscribe to Changes. You'll get our episodes straight into your box every Monday morning. Uh, We have three more episodes all focused on joy. And you do not want to miss them. Trust me. Changes is produced by Louise Mason with assistant production from Anna DeWolf Evans through DIN Productions. It's been a pleasure, lads. See you next Monday. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.